Good morning and welcome to Faith FM. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 or on the internet, wherever you are. It is The Breakfast Show and you are joined by Lawson and... Good morning, Blair is here. <laughs> you could have just said Blair. That works. <laughs> <laughs> but Blair, thank you for coming in this morning. It's good to be here, Lawson. Oh, so amazing. Now, I am, um, you know, usually at this time we get into what we're grateful for, and I am especially grateful for you, Lyle, at the moment. He is uh, looking after his health. He's recovering. He's heading up to Coffs Harbour today, I believe, to do some presentation work up there. Uh, But you have come in and you have stepped in in his place to come and share and have a chat and talk about the Bible and talk about the things happening in our world. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun morning. Yeah, I'm super looking forward to it. What are you grateful for this morning? Oh, so many things. Grateful for health. Now that we're talking about Lyle, you know, not doing mm-hmm. so well, but uh-huh. I'm thankful for good health. Uh-huh. Yes. What about you? Oh, well, firstly, I'm grateful for you. Secondly, I am grateful that, uh, yeah, I was at the uni yesterday giving Bible studies and then I got invited by a group of uni students to go and have a barbecue late at night and um, they hooked me up with some vegan sausages and we just hung out and we went to a, a local park here, Spears Point Park, and it was like raining like crazy. But then we'll, Yeah, as you do. We were just hanging barbecue. out. It was so good. It was just like, uh, you know, for me, I, I really have the desire to spend time with the uni students and, and have the opportunity to lead them to knowing God, you know, better. And um, yeah, j- just these guys like, hey, Lawson, we're going to have a barbecue. Let's go. I'm like, yes. That's amazing. So we spent time together and it was really, really fun. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Before we continue, we are going to have our first clue for the quiz. So Blair, bring it to us. Okay, we have here a clue that says, Strengthened by God-given food. Ooh. You're on, Actually, the, you're on the, wrong on the wrong side. side. Yeah. I'm going to read the right side. <laughs> wow, it's so, wow, there's two sides to this. You've got to be ready for it. Wow, just picked it up. All right, here we go. As it is said about me, do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from its mother's womb with its flesh half eaten away. Interesting wow. clue. Wow. Okay. So someone, someone want, is looking out for this person's well-being. Who their, am I? That's right. Interest. 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. If you do know the answer and you answer correctly, you will go into the draw to win this week's prize, which is the Bible Study Companion Set, the Conflict of the Ages box set, which is some incredible, amazing commentaries uh, that myself and Blair and Shell, like we love, we've read. And in fact, uh, Blair, you know, you are the, the director of the Young Young Adults Department here in the North New South Wales Conference. And uh, you have been, well, I know the, the young adults have been leading out in a reading through of the book, The Great Controversy, which is a part of this box set. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's a fantastic set. Amazing that you're giving the whole set away, not just the whole one set. book, the whole set. The whole set. It's expensive. It's um, high quality and amazing and great. And you can have it for free if you win it in the drawer, which you enter by answering this quiz. So if you answer it correctly, then you say, may I enter the quiz? And then we'll put your name in. We've already got a whole host of entries in there already. Um, but read that question one more time for us. It was said about me, do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming out from its mother's womb with its flesh half eaten away. Mm. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. Now, we're going to get into some positively different news. And this first piece of positively different news I have is a little bit more 
serious than most positive news, but it is positive. And that is because um, the Anglican Synod uh, in, here in Australia has been having some conferences over the last couple of days to make decisions on key issues and whatnot. Um, one of the issues that came up was the church's definition of chastity and whether that is to be, like, basically the, the statement that the whole group were voting over, all the delegates, was whether we uphold chastity before marriage. Um, and they defined chastity and unchastity as basically uh, unchastity is engaging in sexual activity outside of a relation, outside of the marriage relationship. Um, yeah, so they're, 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 they're voting whether they support as a church the, the ideal, the biblical ideal um, that before marriage you should not have sex or engage in sexual activity. This is their, their big vote. Um, and it came out in the positive. So the Anglican Church, they affirmed that before marriage you should, you know, not have sex. But this is the, this is the, um, the, the balance right here. It, it, it got through. Um, from the unordained delegates, so these are from church members, it got through 62 to 48. Oh, wow. Um, from the House of the Clergy, the ministers, it got through 59 to 39. Oh. And the House of the Bishops, which is the highest ranking group in, in the, the Anglican Church here in Australia, it was voted, like, positively, yes, we should uphold this definition, 12 to 11. Oh, wow. So there is almost a direct split down the middle in the Anglican church today on people having the opinion um, of whether sex should be practiced in or outside of marriage, um, which is wild. That's really interesting. I mean, when you first shared that news, I mean, fantastic news that that's where they've come in. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, But absolutely, this represents... um, a division of opinion, I suppose, mm-hmm. in at least the Anglican Church, but also, I suppose, Christendom at large. Yeah, because last year, the Uniting Church, which is, you know, the combination of the Methodist Church and a few other churches here in Australia, um, the Uniting Church had the same vote. And it came out in the Uniting Church after their vote um, that having sex before marriage is no longer a sin. That. Oh. That was their. That was the the end of their uh, their vote. That was their, that was their conclusion, and so that's what they uh, are you know coming to the conclusion to now. And and so it's just very interesting that this is a, a very Christian issue, and it's something that for us here at Faith FM is clear from the Bible. Absolutely, like is absolutely clear from the Bible. Blair, you are a married man. I am not, but we have the same opinion that ultimately, and you know, Shell in the studio, she's married as well. But like as. Followers and students of the Bible, you can very quickly come to the conclusion as to what God wants for you, for your marriage, and for your sex for your sex life. Um, and the answer is chastity. Well, absolutely. And, you know, God only ever asks us to do these things if it's for our best interest. That's right. But it's interesting that, you know, uh, as we, we try to navigate through, sometimes we think we know better than God. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. We think we can come up with plans and ideas mm. that, you know, and, and this, in many ways, this uniting church vote that you mentioned earlier... Um, you know, how often do we put ourselves in the position of God and say, maybe we can, we've got a better idea, God. Maybe it's better if we do it this way. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So interesting stuff happening in that space. And hey, guys, if you are hanging out to hear about Christian issues and the things that are happening in the Christian world here in Australia, and particularly um, Christianity and politics and all those kinds of things, we have an interview coming up at around 7.30 today with Wendy Francis from the Australian Christian Lobby. Now, she is the director of... She's the National Director of Politics. Yes, 
Australian Christian Lobby. So that's I'm right. looking forward to that interview. That's going to be fun. It's going to be amazing. This is yeah, very high profile interview. We're going to be talking to people who are on the front lines, giving us information about the upcoming election. So please stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, very interesting uh, news coming out of the Anglican Church. Now I'm going to talk about some some more biological, more positive news here this morning, and it's. Uh, it's specifically about some tests that have been done on some mice. And those mice uh, were involved in, basically, they were doing research into how they can prevent or reverse memory loss. That's what they wanted to to know and understand. And with these mice, uh, they had some older mice, some mice that are like 18 months old, which is getting like right up there. That's like, in terms of a, 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 a mouse's lifespan, talking about a mouse that's like 70 years old, 80 years old, like it's, they're struggling with, um, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's and memory loss and all those kinds of things. And cancers, like at that point, mice, they're getting up there. Anyways, what they wanted to see is if they could reverse memory loss in, in different ways. And how one of the tests that they did is that they used a substance called cerebral cerebrospinal fluid. Um, and that the substance, it washes out of the gray and white matter in, in the waves uh, in your brain. Basically, they injected this stuff into these uh, the brain of these mice, of these older mice, and it would wash throughout their ba- brain, kind of clearing out waste. Um, and it bathes the tissue with proteins and growth factors and, you know, vital uh, elements for developing your brain and as a result they started to do some scans and they saw that not only were like the the synapses in the brain of the mice like really firing and really going off you know very much increased activity uh in their old age but then they got these mice to do a fear conditioning task which is that uh basically they like um, hear a noise or they see a flashing light and that means that they're going to be like receive an electric shock and so they have to like run and protect themselves a fear conditioning task now they did these tasks with the same mice and with you know mice that weren't treated mice that were treated and then the mice that were treated before and after and they found that beforehand before they had this injection they were slow or forgetful of what that fear conditioning task was. And after they had this injection, um, they were just on the ball and had a very much a height heightened ability to know exactly what to do. They remembered better basically uh, what to do. And now they did this, yeah, with different control groups of mice, mice that had been exposed to the tasks before mice that hadn't been um, to get that perspective. And in every single test, the mice that had been injected with this fluid into their, you know, into their brain area. And as it was washing through and increasing the proteins and whatnot, um, they had better memory. And so the thought is, can we, by doing the same thing to humans, reverse memory loss? Wow. Well, I mean, how amazing would it be to have better memory? Yeah. Oh, totally. Like even just right now, I'm like, man, just in, inject it right now so I can just memorize things a lot easier. I have this um, scripture typer app where I oh, try classic. to memorize Bible verses. And, you know, <laughs> you, you, how amazing would it be to just to just charge through them all, memorize whole chapters, mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. and also as you point out, those you know end of age debility. Mm-hmm. You know, disabilities. Disabilities, yeah, because I think for them, they're, they're doing the research specifically to help people with, you know, things like Alzheimer's mm. and dementias and, and seeing if, and it's just general old age, you know, your brain slows down and your body struggles. And they're like, oh, is there a way that we can enable people in that age to continue to remember for longer? And this this uh, this stuff that they're doing with mice is definitely promising. So wow. it's really a space to watch. 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We are going to have another clue for the quiz, so Blair, give it to us. The second clue is this. My parents are Jochebed and Amram. Ah, that's, okay. That's helping, helping out a lot. Yep, yep, yep <laughs> that's right. 0491-064-669 is the number to call. As we said, if you answer correctly, your name will be put into the drawer to win the Bible Study Companion Box at the Conflicts of the Ages set, which is some incredible Bible commentaries that we dearly love here in the studio. And they're amazing. They're expensive. We'll give them to you absolutely for free if you win the draw, which you need to get a, an entry in by answering the quiz correctly. So give us that one more time. My parents are Jochebed and Amran. Mm, 0491-064-669. All right, Blair, what is happening in the world of uh, current news? What's happening around the place? Oh, so much. There's always so much that we could talk about, isn't mm-hmm. there? <clears throat> but uh, I did come across an interesting news story this week. Uh, there was a a six-year-old Kentucky boy who ran a Cincinnati marathon. Okay. And uh, he was, uh, well, his parents, I should say, were visited by Child Protective Services uh, because they, I suppose, were concerned that perhaps running a marathon was a, I guess, a child protection issue. Like child abuse. Absolutely, yeah. And I guess it's interesting because when I read through this article, I was... You know, at first I was like, "Wow, that's strange." But then, when you think about it, you know, I guess it was. I mean, is it is it wrong? <laughs> to get us, <laughs> okay, to because because marathons are gnarly. Okay, yeah. like so running, we're talking forty two kilometers. That's here. right. That's, that's right. A, that's a long that's a way. Long now, way. Now, now it wasn't that like the parents just forced this kid to run on a run. You know, they were running. They were doing it together as a family. Yeah, so there was two other to, like, kids. Train the mum, they were and, trained yeah. and all of this stuff, and they they kind of did it together. Uh-huh. Um, and you know. And the parents kind of say in the article that they were, um, you know, they were checking in with him regularly to see yeah, if he's course. okay, you know, happy to stop at any point. But he really wanted to do it. And and this is like very typical. I have some family friends from back in my younger days and the whole family used to like road cycle. Yes. And they would like from literally the dad, the mum, the three sons and the daughter would all go on like 150k rides together. Like, and the youngest son at that time was like nine. And so, yeah, this is, this is classic. Like this is, families do this stuff together and it's often the youngest that are the most keen to do so. So I can imagine like this young kid is like, my family's going for a run. I want to come. Like, of course. Like, yeah, it's a whole, whole family event. Yeah. And it was interesting in the article, they talked about the the parents said on one time when they ran a different marathon, um, the two other kids ran without the family because they wanted to do it so much. And the mum and dad didn't even do it, but they did. So. Uh Yeah, interesting. Interesting story, though, just to kind of see yeah. a visit from the Child uh, Protective Service. Child Protective Service. Services step in and they're like, oh, man, are you, like, forcing this kid to be an athlete and to run? I know because marathons have the potential, like high-end marathon runners, and this is the same with, like, triathlons, the Tour de France, all this kind of stuff, actually to be very damaging and unhealthy. Well, this is the thing that some of the athletes were saying. They were saying yeah. maybe this isn't the best thing for a young kid. Mm, because, so. like... You know, when you're doing these kind of races, at the end of them, usually they they're like for the top guys, for for regular Joes, like who are running at maybe like a five minute pace or mm. something like that. Like you can smash out at forty two k if you're fit enough. Um, but for the top guys, like if you're really going for it, like as soon as you finish, they're putting you on an IV drip, they're mm-hmm. checking you into hospital to get fluids, like all that kind of stuff because it actually can be really damaging. I mean, I, I think back, I ran a half marathon a few years ago and I was trying to run it really fast. I'm not a professional athlete, but I was yeah. trying to run as fast as I could. I actually, I, I was running under 
four minute kilometers okay, yeah. for the whole um, half marathon. I get mm-hmm. to the end of this thing and I was a wreck. Yeah. I had to get like massages and like, and if I was six years old, man. Mm. <laughs> and I only ran half of them. Yeah, you only ran, oh. <laughs> you only ran the, the, <laughs> the 21. So, wow. So, no, well, that's like congratulations to him. But yeah, I think that is something definitely to talk about. Interesting, isn't it? So I've got, got another story here to consider. Okay. Um, there, this one is interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, there it was a, a fictosexual man who uh-huh. married a 16-year-old hologram. Uh-huh. Uh, this is an anime character, um, which um, you may have heard of before, um, and uh, married this hologram image but can't communicate with her anymore. This is in a, a Japanese man. Just last week, uh, the news article broke. He can't communicate with her anymore because the software support was eliminated for the hologram thing. Um, uh- so... <laughs> oh my isn't, word! Isn't that crazy? So, so he was he was stuck. He, he had married her. He's a 38 year old Japanese man. He'd he'd wed this holographic uh-huh. image of this um, anime character um, Hatsune Miku. Oh, was, okay. I, I, know, know, I know who that is. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. The, the reason I know is because she's explain yourself. Okay, she's not really an anime character. Like she is. She looks like it. But Hatsune Miku became really famous, like the character, because there was some software developed um, specifically for music it's a vocaloid software where right. basically you can type in any word and it's like kind of like text to speech um and this was d- uh made to be a, a basically like a, a producing tool for people but then like people they had this voice and then someone made this character and then like that when the when the artists um when the like the software developers released the the product they called it Hatsune Miku and someone then drew a character and then started making music as Hatsune Miku right. so it's a music thing it's not really like an anime it is an anime character but it's this famous music thing um that was like it was also really big in the news because it was like wow we have virtual you know musicians now but this person has married a hologram of a non-existent virtual musician named Hatsune Miku and he is that's like that's his life well this is the interesting thing like I mean and and for those who aren't familiar with the term fictosexual which I'd probably 95% of people aren't (laughs) before before this morning I you know I think I can come to a conclusion as to what it means it's it's like an umbrella term that encompasses a whole list of other identities um, Uh you know basically under asexual not attracted to a person but a, a thing uh-huh. um, and so uh-huh. you know you've got um book low sexual attracted to things as novels and visual characters and things like this uh-huh. and you know it's quite interesting stuff but um you know there's a, they've got their own um, fictosexual pride flag and mm. all of this sort of stuff but i guess this story really highlights for me the confusion mm. that is out there in mm. regards to sexuality and um yeah just i mean i mean in the end this guy because he couldn't communicate with his wife anymore he's had to print off a big stuffed image of it now. And so that's his wife. Um, Yikes. So it's, 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 you you know, it's, you feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Well, I know for you, Blair, you're working in like the youth and and young adult space. And these are issues, you know, we've been talking about on, on here on Faith FM that are, that are rife within that space because these identities and whatnot are, you know, very much being affirmed. We're very much seeing them like replace a lot of the previous, you know, social disorders that young people had, like whether it be anorexia, bulimia, you know, um, social anxiety, people are finding their escapes and their, you know, this guy's like 38, which is, yeah, he's he's up there, but this is running rife within young people, and I can definitely see that as a challenge that you're facing as people who are trying to Absolutely. It's one of the areas where as young people depart from biblical faithfulness so often and so mm. quickly, and one of the first things because it, it kind of 
Yeah, it mitigates against what the flesh desires mm. and what uh, the world around us is doing. So, anyway, interesting story, isn't it? Yeah, that's hectic. Um, one, one more I'll share with you. Um, uh, the, uh, of course, religious freedom has been big in the news lately. And yep. coming up to an election, Absolutely. it's a voting issue. Yeah, yep. PM just recently reaffirmed again his desire that he's going to put a religious re- discrimination legislation yep. through and all of this sort of thing. Uh, but in light of that, last week uh, there was uh, the Freedom 22 conference, which was uh, put together by Freedom for Faith, a mm. group in Australia that advocate for religious freedom. And I was actually I was able to go along to this. It was in Sydney. They mm. an annual concert, uh, not a concert, it's an annual conference. Conference, yeah. And they run it every year, and um, yeah, have really great lineup of speakers. Uh, this year there was a fantastic lineup. They had um, presentations on um, change and suppressive suppression practices, the legalities mm. of it, how it's undermining, you know, putting Christians at risk in the world. Uh, they had a presentation by a man by the name of um, Stephen McAlpine, a pastor, church planner in across in WA, um, uh, looking at. You know what it's like to be the bad guys as Christians. You know in the world today. <laughs> I mm. mean, we're not. We're, we've always thought we're the good guys, but now in a world that's becoming increasingly out of step with Christian values, mm. um, how do we be the bad guys in a good way? <laughs> yeah. Um, so there was just really great stuff. There was panels on um, uh, uh, different members that had faced religious discrimination with um, John Stef- Stenhoff, who's the um, Human Rights Law Alliance mm. lead lawyer who deals with a lot of these cases. So, yeah, really great conference. Um, a lot of key politicians and Christian characters around the place were attending. Mm. And, um, yeah, great conference. I'll definitely be booking in for next year's one as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Definitely, well, with the upcoming election as well, the, the landscape is set to, you know, maybe stay the same or potentially change very drastically in that yes. space. And so I guess going along to these conferences and seeing what is happening in, in the area of religious freedom will be incredibly important. But right now, this is Emily Feltz-Jones with There Is No Way Around the Cross. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We are getting back into the show. We have an amazing interview coming up with Wendy Francis from ACL. But before we get into it, uh, we are going to have another clue for the quiz. Our third clue. All right. Here we have our third clue. We've already had two, and this uh-huh. is the third one. It says, I was covered with leprosy because the Lord was angry at me. Wow. This this person is really... They've gone through quite the experience, haven't they? <laughs> That's right. 0491-064-669 is the number to call if you know the answer. If you do, you can win our uh, Conflict of the Ages set. We will give it to you. You can go in the draw to win it completely for free, which we will be drawing at around around 8.45 Not to today. Be so, Not to be guys, missed. get in. We've already got a host of entries in. And last week, the prize was won by someone with one entry. One entry, we had people with five, up like five entries. We had so many people in. Someone with one entry who answered the quiz on Friday won the prize. Well, it just shows, so, it goes to show, just get in, get involved. Yeah. If, you're, if you're not in it, you can't win it. That's right. 0491-064-669. But on the phone with us right now, we have Wendy Francis from the ACL. Wendy, are you there with us? I am, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us on uh, Faith FM to talk about issues of religious freedom as we are coming up to the election. And, uh, yeah, we just have a, a number of different questions to ask you. So, Wendy, you're, of course, the um, the National Director for Politics for the Australian Christian Lobby. You've also served prior to that as State Director um, in Queensland and Northern Territory. And so I imagine um, that's 
involved quite a lot of um, exciting things. Um, what's it like working for the ACL? Um, you know, guys, it's the best job I've ever had. Oh, um, so I, I, and I work with a great bunch of people. I sometimes have people um, say to me, wow, I, I could never do your job. It must be so hard. And, and you know, I do have some people with the ACL sometimes for some of the positions that we take. But I, I always, God um, puts on your heart a love for the things that he calls you to do, mm. even when it's hard, even when it's hard. So I've been with ACL for over 10 years now, actually probably over 11 years. Mm. And my job has, has changed um, in that time, which has been uh, made it more interesting too. And now working in more of a national area, it's been really interesting, particularly in the lead up to this election. Oh, because, of course. Um, yeah, it's just really talking to a lot of uh, politicians. And, you know, the interesting thing is sometimes um, ACL gets a bit of flack from uh, the, the community, but also for, sometimes from um, Friendly Fire. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The politicians really, really appreciate um, us and also appreciate Christians. Sometimes Christians feel like, you know, the community is against us, but the politicians, the members, they know what an amazing job Christians do, mm. not the ACL. I'm not talking ACL now, but they take us as, as being representative. But they know that without Christians, our economy would actually fail because mm-hmm. there are so many um, volunteer organisations. There's so much um, social work that is done by yeah. churches. Um, so, you know, it's not all hard. It's sometimes pretty pretty nice to be in that position because members of parliament and even our prime minister and the opposition leader they are grateful for churches, and so that's that's a nice place to be. Uh, absolutely, and you know, um, I, I do resonate with what you share there. You know, as you share Christian values in the public square, there's you know, we, we always can expect some of that um, flack. I suppose you mentioned it earlier on. It, you know, when you're speaking mm-hmm. about things that matter, these uh, you know, there's going to be people with different views and whatnot. I just, I, I, I just want to say thank you for the work that you do. Um, I'm actually a top fan on Facebook um, of the ACL, and also Ma Niles, a top fan on both um, <laughs> on right. Facebook pages. You're really bragging yeah, yeah. about that. I've got the badge and everything to prove it. That's so incredible. I share the posts, and when I share the posts, I too have been a receiver of some of that flack at times. But um, the God bless you for what you do and how you are seeking to bring Christian values into the public square. I think it's mm. such an important role and something that as Christians we don't always do very well. We very often sit back and just let the world fly by. Um, this world is not my home <laughs> and just kind of yeah. let, let things fly by. But it's so important to bring Christian values into the public mm. square. Now, I do have a question for you. Uh, yep. ACL have been running, um, uh, putting quite a bit of advertising into this theme around people, not parties, as we leave in, as we lead into the national election. I think that's such an important, uh, concept that, that you've been uh, focusing on as an organization. And I would love you to just share, tell us a little bit more about why people, not parties. What is this whole messaging you're trying to get out? Yeah, so important. So if I take a um, an example of the, the recent vote on religious discrimination bill, so that's something that our country needs. Um, over 70% of Australians identify as religious and over 50%, like it's about 51% of that is Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, we have a very religious population. And at the moment, um, there was recent McCrindle research that was high 20s. It was about 27% or something of 
Australians, not even of religious Australians, but of Australians who feel like that they have been persecuted because of their faith. Mm. So we need this bill. So, um, so this bill comes to the Prime Minister puts this bill in. His party, five of his people vote ag- against um, the whole when it's that and the schools as well. So um, it's a bit of a complex thing, but. Five of his people vote against it. That's their right in the Labor Party, in the Liberal Party, sorry. It's their right to, to exercise their conscience. So they vote against it. Then the Labor Party, whilst they supported the original bill, they introduced amendments um, that would make Christian schooling almost uh, completely null and void. Mm. And so all of their people vote with that bill. So I'm using this as an example because what happens is that when you vote, if you just vote in, okay, I'm a liberal person, I'm going to vote liberal, and that's my that's my party. You could be voting for someone who's actually wanting to trash religious freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if you ask your candidates, you will know. If you're a Labor person and you say, I'm a Labor person through and through, you could be voting for somebody who in that party room, because what happens in Labor is that they are also democratic. So we've got a democratic system on the liberal side. They are allowed to vote however they really believe, and that's democratic. In the Labor Party, their democracy happens behind closed doors. And so their democracy happens in a party room, and once those party room decision is made, they vote as a bloc. Mm -hmm. So what we need is really good Labor people in there who value religious freedom. And so you need to ask, if if you are voting in a certain electorate, ask all of your candidates, where do you stand? And it might not be religious freedom that's really important to your listeners. It might be something else. It could be about education or health. There are things that really matter to us. Mm. And how your representative is going to vote is representative of you because they're your representative in Parliament. And so you need to ask all of your candidates, where do you stand on, on this particular issue? Because People, not parties, really make a difference. And, and we can't abandon any particular party. Um, we've got to actually get good people in there. Mm. That That is an incredible stance to take. Uh, I, I totally agree in the sense that as, as Christians and as people who have, you know, differing ideas on different perspectives, I find as, as myself as a Christian, politically, I'm all over the place. You know, I'm, I'm a young Christian person. And so in some areas I'm, you know, progressive. In some areas I'm conservative. Um, yeah, just because of the, the way that Australian culture has shaken out. But what you're saying is, no, we can't just be partisan to any party because um, they that that might have been what we voted before like ultimately no one really agrees with us completely and we need to find out on an issue basis who actually agrees with us who really represents us so i think that is fantastic advice um to our listeners and to to us and to australia as well and you guys are doing the work to to put that information out there as well so awesome yeah, it was it was really interesting as well just to um, understand some of the dynamics that goes on behind the scenes in terms of, you know, voting as a block, the party rooms and all of these sorts of things. A lot of the time uh, in in our Christian culture, we just don't aren't aware of how some of these things work and then mm. therefore we approach the federal elections and voting and politics in quite an uninformed way. And so I uh, really appreciate how you're helping us to frame and our listeners frame a more intentional approach to 
voting and being active Christians uh, and shaping the future of our nation. I want to ask another question. Um, you know, this whole people, not parties idea is such an important one. And I've seen much of the advertising that you've been, uh, that the ACL have put out on different electorates where making Christians aware of what the local candidates actually view on, on points that matter to the Christian communities. And I think that's fantastic. Um, how would a Christian go about finding out what an individual politician believes so that they can vote well as a Christian. It's not always easy. Where can we go to? How do we find these things out? Yeah, that's good. Um, ACL has quite a lot of resources, but you can also go to the Australian Electoral um, Commission and they have a list of all the candidates as well. So ACL, um, there's a lot of different sites. There's also, um, I know that the Canberra Declaration, things like places like that, they have tick and flick and those sort of things. But I think the, the the main thing for me is for you to do your own research. Um, and I know it takes a little bit of time, but it'll be you're surprised how easy it is to find all of the candidates' um, contact details because they want to be voted in. So they, mm. they are providing their contact details. So you just go to Facebook and, and find that, you know, you find the list of the candidates either on our website or, or on the Electoral Commission. It is easy to find. Even Wikipedia has the list. So find your list. Go to the people and ask them. Each of us has things that matter most to them. For me, it's women and children. I've always been very concerned for children. God has put that on my heart. Um, but for some people, it, it might be, you know, I mean, the Religious Freedom Bill it matters to all of us. Um, but that might be the really big thing. Or it could be education. And certainly for me, because it's children, it's education. So then I go, I, I decide, okay, what are my top, maybe top five questions? And I email each of those candidates mm. and I ask them. And, you know, if they don't email back, I do give them one more chance um, because I really do want to know. But then if they don't get back to me, I think, well, you obviously don't want my vote. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I just I ask them simple questions, easy questions. There are easy questions that you can ask even just to give you an idea. Do you support ch- school chaplaincy, you know, in, in the current form? Mm. Um, th- those sort of things. I think, you know... Do you believe that there are two genders? That's that's an important thing mm, to me. I absolutely. want to know what they think about that. And you know, so they're not you're not asking them to write an essay. They're yes and no questions. You know, so they should they can write a, a sentence after that if they want to. But it's going to give you a bit of an idea. Um, you know where where they stand. If you wanted to go further, you could ask, do you support the Born Alive Bill that George Christensen put in? Mm. And, People can ask me about things like that if they want to. Um, you know, what about the situation in Afghanistan? Do you support um, more humanitarian aid to bring Afghanistan refugees to Australia? Do you support them, um, people on temporary protection visas, being moved into um, pathways to permanent protection, you know, and not stay in a state of limbo? Those might be the important questions. So what are your important questions? Go and ask your candidates yourself. But there is plenty of information if you just Google around. But it's it's actually quite um, satisfying when you go to vote and you know a little bit about these people. Um, it, it's a satisfying um, thing to do because you walk in feeling as if you have just a little bit of power because you're voting according to what you believe will be well-being and welfare to our nation. And it really does affect our nation. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, thanks so much for that. Absolutely. And that's fantastic advice in regards to, you know, collating that list of issues that are important to you as a Christian person. And of course, that's informed by scripture, informed by biblical worldview. And then just asking, asking the politicians what they view on it. Um, Mm. You know, I suppose it uh, yeah, we can sit back and, and not get engaged in the process. But as you pointed out, I think it's so clear that when we do get engaged, it is empowering. We do feel like we can, um, you know, we're contributing in, in an informed way and in a way that is going to um, promote Christian values in the public square. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the, of course, the election is front and center right now for ACL. Um, but um, of, there's lots of other work that ACL does around and um, leading into the election. Of course, that's pr- first and foremost. But um, just as we as we lead out, um, what, what's the, what does the future hold for the Australian Christian Lobby and your involvement there as well? So um, I, as soon as the election's over, I really want to get into the um, talking to them about the national curriculum. That's one big thing for me. Um, the national curriculum uh, is now going to include a mandatory um, consent education. I'm concerned about what that means. Um, so we want to see the details of that because I really want to get parents involved. Parental um, care is actually diminishing. The parental rights are diminishing. I want to work on that. I also I am pretty passionate about the refugee situation and I, I would like to see people who've been on temporary protection visas for eight, nine, sometimes ten years moved into permanent pathways. So those would be two of the big things. But, of course, the Religious Discrimination Bill, we want to see that resurrected as well. Mm. Wendy Francis, thank you so much for your time here on Faith FM this morning. Thank you for informing us about what you guys are doing and the, the different issues coming up to the election. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.